It's Rusty Diamond, motherfucker. Yo, man. Boom, it's Rusty. I hope that stopped there. Um, you didn't have to listen to any more of intro music. Uh, thank you for coming and joining the podcast, the public access podcast here on the Quantum Global Broadcasting Network, QGBN, with other great shows such as When the Gloves Come Off, the Thinking Man's Pro Wrestling Podcast. This is it with Lizzie and uh, Saved by the Ben. And the show is brought to you by Stone Reads Productions. Hypnosis is great. Hardcore comedy. Sockemup.org. And Fred Ben Savage as fuck. And so thank you everyone for being here so much. Uh, Monday is one of my favorite days. Besides Sunday morning. Just because I like having the open road. And yeah, thank you everyone for being here. And today I'm bringing on a special guest because it's special guest Monday everyday special guest i'm gonna bring on my special guest right here right now we have dr laurel mines how you doing good good morning good to see you rusty thanks for having me today likewise yes good to have you here so um okay so you're a physical therapist is that right that's right yeah i do physical therapy i do performance training for athletes and then I also do mental performance coaching for athletes as well so what is mental performance coaching for athletes yeah so mental performance coaching for athletes is teaching them a foundation from you know how your brain works from neuroscience I use neuroscience to help you understand how your brain works in order to really use that as a foundation for performance in the mental world and not just the physical world. And it can make a really big difference in someone's game. Yeah, and I feel that between different, I mean, not not every physical therapist is the same uh, and has the same level of success with their clients. I've been in lots of different physical therapies and I've had <coughs> different results with a lot. Um, one of them recently I had, I won't mention, but the people were very old in there and I d- did not get a lot out of that one. So I ended up leaving that one, but the ones that I have had, I feel have, I don't know. I feel like the ex- when 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 physical therapists explain stuff to you more about why and what has seems to be, I get a better output in it, and um, usually with more uh, muscle manipulation of sorts, and be able to you know work on whatever it is, um, as opposed to I I've had ones where it's basically anything I could do at home. And I feel as much as those are important to have, I feel like I want to have some extra so I can do those at home still, but 
I don't want to go in and do that week after week, the same thing there and not be able to get anything extra out of it. Is there, what's kind of your approach with, with this? Rusty, I'm so glad you brought this topic up because it is a topic that a lot of people are dealing with. And I want to say that physical therapy is a really amazing profession in this you know, physical medicine realm, you know, there's lots of different options when we go look at, you know, medical, medical options, you know, Um, as far as orthopedic stuff, injuries, pain, you know, there is medication for pain and inflammation. There's injections, which is more medication. There's surgical interventions, and then there's physical interventions like physical therapy, chiropractor, acupuncture, there's lots of options. And one, I think, pitfall of the medical healthcare culture that we're in is when you go to see a medical professional, sometimes they don't give you all the options available. They kind of steer you in this direction, don't really, you know, open up, you know, the information for all the different options and help you to make an educated decision on, you know, what, what's going to be work best for you. So I say like, you really have to be your own healthcare advocate. You really do. And you have to use your healthcare professional professionals as allies and not that you're against each other, but how can I use this person as my ally in healthcare And, and, you know, in where I'm committed to myself and my health and my life and how can I use them as an ally, even if you don't agree with all of their, you know, all of what they're saying, you know, as far as physical therapy, it's just a really amazing profession and it does really great stuff just using, you know, the physical body or just adding load to your body to help your body to become more resilient. There's a few factors we have to take into account. Like who you are today right now is going to present different than who you were yesterday or tomorrow or five years ago. You're going to have different things. So as a physical therapist, I like to consider all the different factors that you're coming with, coming with today and look at you in a different light than, you know, another physical therapist at another different, different time. So we have to consider that first. Yeah, and I mean, I, I believe in physical therapy very much as something that is very beneficial and it's helped me out tons. And um, I mean, there are a lot of physical therapists in the world. And if the one that you have is not doing a great job, go find another one because like, it's just how much it can help you. And if you feel like you're not getting something, there's a reason uh, that that should be some sort of signal in your head going off. Because if you're going to physical therapy, you should be getting benefits. You shouldn't just be going there and not improving at all. And um, like I do that with hypnosis. I'd much rather have someone like if they don't like me or connect with me or something of that nature, I'd rather have them go do another hypnotist than, you know, try something else and being completely turned off to it, thinking that hypnosis just isn't that great. Um, 
when it is, but uh, I mean, it's on everyone to be able to understand that. And even if your insurance isn't that great, you still have a lot of options to go to other providers or even other, maybe other providers in the practice or in the same yeah. in practice. Um, maybe just someone just isn't clicking with you and it's, but if you find the right one that's willing to work with you. And, and I think it's also a trust with the patient into the, the provider, the, the physical therapist, doctor, and make sure that there's that trust there to be able to, so in your, the patient's putting the trust into physical therapist to make them feel better. And if the patient doesn't have that trust, it's, it's kind of, I don't know, I feel like maybe you, the patient doesn't, uh, isn't able to relax fully when, I mean, a lot of that stuff, you really need to be very relaxed and yeah, uh, so, yeah. I, I think you bring up really great points. And the cool thing about physical therapy is you spend a lot of time with the therapist, much more time than you spend with doctors. So a lot of times you're able to really um, foster this relationship with your physical therapist more so than some of the other healthcare providers that spend a lot less time with you. At the same time, are we getting the results that we want to get? And you know, as our population is aging, a lot of our older folks, they do need physical therapy, right? right. And I work with um, older folks as well. I call them the forever athletes, the <laughs> older folks that just want to play their sport forever and, you know, be healthy and happy and um, active. And at the same time, there's a lot of physical therapists that can undertrain their athletes. And some of that comes from like this fear-based medical culture that we actually live in. There's a lot of fear, like, you know, doctors will say, you'll never be able to run again, or you'll never be able to do this or that, or all the things that you really want to do. And to be honest, it's just not true. Like we're so resilient. Our bodies are resilient. We're healing. We have the capacity to build muscle and do really great things. And sometimes, you know, there is this balance between, you know, doctors saying, you know, limiting what you can and can't do. And then physical therapists, like, well, should I load them? The doctor said not to load them as much, but I think that they should be loaded, but I don't really know how safe it is to really progress them and how quickly. And luckily in my practice, I'm not scared to load my patients and take a less conservative approach. And with athletes, athletes really need to be able to take on a lot of physical load um, in their sports. I look at loading in different ways, six different ways, if you want me to share some secrets around Please. that. So we look at six different ways we can load our bodies. The first one is flexibility or mobility. So how can we um, you know, increase the range of motion or planes of motion that we can move in? Strength is another one. That's you know, being able to put move force over a certain time. 
we have agility or coordination. You know, can we coordinate our movements? We have stability. Can we actually be stable? Can we hold our body in, you know, one place in time? Um, and then we have endurance. So how can we continue to generate force and movement over a longer period of time? And then power, how can we generate strength and force at a rap more rapid rate? So I look at these six categories and see like, what do you need to do in, like, what do you need to develop in these six categories to get you to function in your life the way you want to function, right? Whether right. you're, you know, a desk jockey sitting in your chair all day, you need a lot of postural support and stability, or whether you're, you know, some kind of professional athlete. I even work with motorsports athletes. So, you know, whether it's a car or, you know, a motorbike or whatever, like there's gonna be a lot of different, different ways you're, you need to load the body in order to decrease the gap between the deficits that you have and the performance that you're really looking for. Yeah, and so then uh, if you, okay, so if you had your ideal doctor to work with, is there is there an ideal doctor like you, say sometimes you have some referred you and the doctor you're just like ah, i don't i don't like this doctor or what they do or how they're setting them up um or i mean is there more of a are you getting people that are into or doctors that are into naturopathic uh, health providing or um is that better for you um or is it yeah doctors that so i don't know because everything yeah doctor if you don't like your doctor go get a different doctor um, so you're speaking yeah. to you know my relationship with different doctors and yeah right. like i have some really great relationships with doctors like some of them are really great they give me a lot of autonomy to practice how i want to and load up my patients and then there's other doctors that are more conservative um, the one that's the most problematic for me is the one that, you know, will operate on the patient, send them initially to physical therapy after like a month or two say, oh, you're fine. You don't need to go back to therapy when that's actually the point that you actually do need to go back to therapy. That's like the most important part. Like right. just because you have your range of motion doesn't mean, you, you know, you're strong enough and, you know, surgical recovery really takes longer than we think sometimes to be fully capable and not put ourselves at re-injury. So stopping therapy too soon can definitely be problematic and put you at a higher risk of injury in the future. And so is that something that could be attributed to insurance trying to cut you out and get you to not be able to, because um, I know like every however often, six weeks, eight weeks or so, you have to do a a reevaluation for the uh, for the insurance, and so, I mean, is there there are times where you are? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you want to do more, yeah. but that's just like, oh, insurance won't do it. When we talk about the healthcare system, some of some of the problems are in the actual system, and 
they're not really setting up the healthcare providers to really care really well for the patient. You know, with the amount of productivity and load that they put on healthcare providers, there's, you know, you're, you're, it's almost like assembly line of patients. You're just trying to get through as many patients as you can and bill as much as you can and pr- give them as much as you can to kind of get them moving on and everybody through the door. So, so you don't have time to really spend with clients and luckily physical therapists do. <clears throat> when you talk about insurance though, insurance re- reimbursements for physical therapists are extremely low compared to a lot of doctors and other healthcare providers. And so some of the things that you come up against there is you might go to a physical therapy clinic and work more with an assistant or an aide. Um, assistants do have, they're really great. They do have education. They can be really helpful, but an aide staff, they're just on the job training. So you're actually you know, paying for your physical therapy working with an aid staff because the reimbursements are so low, it's not really sustainable for the clinics to stay open. I personally don't take insurance and I know that's problematic for some people, but at the same time, my clients are people that will invest in their health financially. And we do live in a culture that not everybody is willing to invest in their health. And when we break it down, like how much money do you spend on Amazon and subscriptions like, you know, Netflix or Hulu, or how much are you spending on alcohol per month? And a lot of times my services can be about the same as what people are spending on these things that aren't really contributing to the health and wellness of their life. Right. But it really takes something of someone to be able to really invest in their health. And, you know, I do provide, I, I, I do provide a really, you know, unique service with the mental and physical, um, you know, addressing the mental physical side right. of health and wellness. So that's just, and I think there's going to be more of a trend outside of insurance because insurance you know it's expensive and it doesn't pay for a lot yeah and so it's just is it a percentage for each one then is that how that works or is it they only pay out this much like in for you know per uh per session just kind of flat out across the board yeah it varies i don't know how they um come up with it um yeah they just different insurances determine different rates and stuff like that. So that's um, confusing. And then dealing with the insurance and getting them to actually pay the provider is like a full-time job. And there's a lot of, um, you know, a lot of things that make it challenging. However, if someone does want to use their insurance, I do spend time on the phone with them to say like, this is going to be a, like, this is your best option if you don't choose me. You, you do have other options and you can stay in your insurance network and I'm going to point you to the best care that is out there under, under the care that I know that I'm going to provide that's superior to what they're going to get. But as a price point, it's just kind of like, you know, do you want the gas station coffee or do you want the Starbucks coffee, you know? Right. Do you want to spend and, the 99 cents or do you want, you know, your $6 latte? 
Right. And, uh, and that, that's important too. Cause I mean, yeah. When you tell people you don't have an, or that, you know, you don't take insurance that, um, you know, if, yeah, I mean, like you said, there's ways to do it. I mean, I get with hypnosis, a stupid one with, with smoking or something like people are like, well, do you take insurance? And I say, no. And then I'm like, well, how much do you spend on cigarettes a year? And it's like, okay, well, it costs a lot less than that. I'm like, oh, I don't want to. And, but okay. But you see that you're, what you would be spending right there is what would be the, you know, like the premium versus you just keep smoking and but I don't, I don't really like working with stop smoking <laughs> hypnosis yeah. is not my, not yeah, my that, thing that's a challenging group you know to to work with uh, you know nicotine's highly addictive just like sugar sugar is one of the right. most addictive things out there and um it, it like both of those things are um super challenging and you know, I have recommended hypnotherapy for um, some of my clients and, you know, some clients have benefited from it. And, you know, some, I would either say people either benefit from it or they don't get a benefit. I wouldn't say it, it makes them worse. I've never seen hypnotherapy make anybody worse. So you'll either not get a benefit or you will get a benefit. So that's right. good news from my experience. Yeah. And I mean, it's really if you want it or not is what it's going to be, what it kind of boils down to. And same with physical therapy, like, um, especially afterwards, if they say keep doing exercises and you stop doing exercises afterwards, I mean, yeah, yeah I've done so that I, one once and I learned my lesson. <laughs> I try to set up people powerfully for what to expect, right? Some people I see for one session and I say, you can get better on your own with these exercises, or you can get better a little quicker with, you know, coming in here for, you know, and I set them up. Like I saw this guy the other day, you know, maybe four sessions would get him better once a week for like four weeks and, you know, put down the whole price for the whole package for the four weeks <clears throat> he paid in advance. And when you kind of look at it that way, like, and look at what you're dealing with in your health, like you can see all of the parameters and all the information right in front of your face. And then it helps you to make this really educated decision. And it's not like this ongoing thing, like, oh my God, how long of therapy do I need? Yeah. Some people do like the do it yourself approach. They do like to say like, okay, I'm going to give you these exercises. You go and, and do them on your own. And maybe we'll follow up in a month if it's not completely gone. Right. right. So I give my clients lots of options. And then some, some clients I'm like, no, like you do need support and health for the next six weeks and hopefully we'll be pretty close, but I can't guarantee in that time frame that we'll be all the way there, but you're going to be a lot closer there than here. So it can be personalized, but I try to set them up so powerfully, whether they're, you know, getting support from me, someone else, or if they just want that do it yourself approach, I give them anything that is going to set them up for success. And so, I mean, so what's, I mean, what do you see with people if they leave, are people coming, coming back to you later on down the road and coming for follow-up care or um, are you just kind of like 
they're done and it's all up to them then or kind of the combination of the two or how's that work? Yeah, I set myself up so that you can come back at any time, anytime you need support, even if it's just a phone conversation. If you need me to point you in the right direction, I'm here for you. And whatever your life looks like, I've talked to some clients that really wanted to hire me and it wasn't really about the money. They were just too busy to really want to invest. And it's like, yeah, they were just like, they didn't have enough time. So they didn't have the time to invest. And so I said, when you have the time, I'm going to be right here. So yeah. we're, we're working with what life throws at you. And it's not wrong or bad. I'm not going to, you know, shame you for not taking care of your health. I mean, it's your health and your life. Like, and I'm here to support you. I don't really like to work in a competitive approach to other healthcare providers because just as I work with a lot of athletes and they're on teams, like our, our lives are set up in teams to help us right. succeed. And sports as, you know, growing up for kids is so important because what kids are learning on a team is to work together for a common goal. And you're not really getting that in the classroom that much, maybe here and there, but the classroom is about learning yourself and figuring it out and competing for grades with others. And it's not as about working towards a common goal together. And that's how we can look at different areas of your life. Even if like, even in your job, you can look at this, like whether you're an employee or you're an entrepreneur and doing kind of your own thing, even if you feel kind of solo, you, you still have a team of people around you that are, are there supporting you. And that's how I look at our healthcare and our health. You know, who is my team that's going to help me <clears throat> to keep my health or make my health better or keep my health what it is or help support me when I need to be supported and you're the captain of your team. You're the, yeah. you're the captain and the coach. You get to pick the team. And if people aren't performing on your team, like, okay, you're not on the team anymore, or you're going to get like redshirted or benched or whatever, right? So you're going to sit on the bench for a while while someone else is playing, right? And you get to kind of navigate that for yourself. So I'd love people to just be empowered that they're the captain of their team for their health and wellness. And so then are you working with other, I mean, are there certain doctors that uh, refer to you that you have some sort of, um, you know, open conversation with, uh, with their clients that they're coming over to you? So you're able to kind of work both together on that common goal with them or is it yeah, definitely is it yeah yeah I have a lot of doctors that refer to me a lot of the doctors actually I've invited them down to the facility that I work in I work in a big um, gym we have a lot of different um, I'm I'm in the San Francisco Bay Area okay and I work out of a gym in San Carlos in the peninsula and it's cool because there's lots of different trainers there. I'm the only physical therapist. We have sports massage. We have skills coaches. We have a lot of different services. So 
I invite the doctors that I work with down to see the facility and see how we really support their patients and their athletes. So they really know like who we are and what, what we're doing and the options and the support that we give so that they know they're not just sending their clients somewhere that they don't really know much about. So, you right. know, it's, it's always fun to really connect personally in this really busy, you know, age of life, you know, just in today's society, it's so busy. So to stop and take a moment to really connect with the doctors that I work with has been really, really fun. And so then how you just said sugar earlier. Uh, so how much of sugar and other high inflammatory foods affecting your clients and other people that you see kind of just normal day life, normal everyday life? Um, and is that something you try to address when, when people are coming in to try to, you know, limit those, uh, inflammatory foods or drinks or whatever that they're consuming, or is it, um, you know, are you seeing it more or anything like that? With the athletes that I work with one of the big things for really young athletes is, you know, you don't want to load up on a bunch of sugary stuff before a game. You're right. going to, you're going to end up in a crash. It's going to be, you know, quick energy and then you're going to crash and then not have energy in the game. So eating some sugary treats at the end of the game would be way better than at the beginning of the game, especially with, you know, our, our young athletes that are you know, reward sugar rewarded driven um and but i don't do a lot of nutrition consulting and counseling i actually it's just i i haven't learned as much as someone that studied it has sure. i don't that's not really my wheelhouse so i actually refer out to other people that are really skilled in nutrition. When we look, so there's, I'll give you some more, um, like a better idea of how we can develop athletes. And you, I mean, you can use this to your own life, to, to your own self. So when we look at the athlete, there's four different things that we can develop. We can develop their um, physical performance, the mental performance, the skill, and the strategy. So those four things. And then we, if we break down the physical performance even more, we have the actual physical performance, which I talked about the six categories of flexibility, strength, power, endurance, agility, and stability. And then we look at rest and recovery, nutrition, hydration, and sleep. So I will counsel or support people around their sleep, their, um, which is different than rest and recovery. But I um, counsel them on their rest and recovery, their sleep, their hydration, but I leave the nutrition to the nutritionist, the dietitian, the nutrition coaches. I have a lot of people that do that. And it can really, you know, make or break an athlete, like the nutrition stuff. But, you know, I, I, that's, that's not my, my number one, the physical performance is what I'm really good at. So are there any other um, professionals that you're talking about? Are there any other ones that you like referring out to uh, for 
certain things that be like you said, nutrition, or are there any other things to do, you know, send out for uh, acupuncture or anything like that, or uh, massage or. Yeah, um, I, I refer like out that. for those things, especially the sports massage. I also refer out for the skill and the strategy training, which is different than the physical performance. Like the skill is the actual like skills from, for your sport. Like we're talking about basketball, like dribbling is a skill, you know, shooting the ball into the basket is a skill. There's different strategies. So I, I refer out to skills coaches a lot for actual skill of the game. Um, and like I said, it's a team approach. It, you know, I'm not going to do everything. I don't want to do everything. Right. And if I did everything, you know, well, for, for an example, like, um, the parents out there, you're not going to be everything to your kid. You can't be their doctor and their dentist and their teacher and their coach and their parent and their, you know, friend and their huh. sibling. And like, you're not everything to your kid. Right. Right. Just like, you know, a coach isn't everything to every player, you know, like the coach can't really offer everything to every player and if we look at professional sports i mean each athlete has a team of people that are supporting them so like i continue to use that support like i'm not going to be everybody everything to you know each of my clients and i don't expect you to be everything to one person either so let's see what team is going to work really you know the best and then, so is all your work then in person? Because I mean, I, I assume it is, but I, I can't say for sure. Or is there, are there some people that you, because uh, I mean, I assume it's kind of hard to do most of what you do not in person. Or, and I mean, was that, in a, I mean, during shutdown, was that, a, I mean, how did that change what you were doing? The pandemic really helped healthcare to be delivered online and be able to reach more people in different places. And I do operate in person and online. Oh, okay. So I offer physical therapy in person and online in the state of California because that's where I am and that's where I'm licensed. So I can't technically give you, I can't give you physical therapy if you're living outside of this state, either even online, um, outside of my license, unless I got a license in the state that you're living in. But I, I do mental performance coaching for athletes. Um, I have a six week program where I'm gonna coach you one-on-one -on -one online and that's six weeks. I don't do anything less than six weeks of that or you don't get the full benefit of the program. So I can do that really anywhere in the country or in the world. So yeah, if, you, yeah. if you need support for, you know, mental performance, you know, I am here to support you. Some, I get some referrals for people that want sports mental performance related to their relationships, their life, their businesses. So I do have some referrals kind of outside of that realm and I can do that online. The other thing I do online is I can do some physical performance screenings. So I can do a lot of physical performance screenings for athletes online to really see where they are, what their strengths, weaknesses are, and what they could develop to, 
decrease the gap between where they are and where they need to perform at their peak. So I do some of that online as well. So how does that work? What's something like that? Is it, you know, someone showing you how much they can stretch, uh, putting it up to the camera, or, you know, putting their, I don't know, their thumb or something up to there and saying, I can move it like this or is yeah, that kind of how it works? Exactly. You know, we're on a Zoom call kind of like this and I have them raise their arms up all the way and I see if they're kind of equal or unequal, you know, if they can, you know, they're pretty equal or one's kind of sticking out to the side, you know. So I look at the range of motion. I have them do functional movement, squatting down, um, you know, movements with just one leg and then the other arm movements. I mean, there's so much you can do probably you know, 90 or 95% you can do by just looking and observing. Cool. And I'm also, there's technology that's always being developed. So there's some cool technology out there that's actually measuring some of these joint angles online and reporting them back. So oh. I'm working with um, a oh. startup company right now that's developing some better on um, intake forms like um that you go through this intake process to make the intake process as painless as possible so there's not that much um paperwork and stuff and it's really concise and there's this video capability that will measure joint angles so that you can show your physical therapist a lot and they can see even more more than what they can see with their eye on the screen but the screen's also gonna the ai is gonna generate the joint angles and a lot of information that's very helpful to use so then to add to that um what has uh ai been able to assist with you with uh with physical therapy besides that are there um like, i mean are, are you I, I don't know, are there, uh, when you're doing plans, like a, uh, what's it called? Like a, pro, a, not a, a progress treatment plan. plan, a treatment plan. Uh, are you able to, to do that and be able to pull some other things out that maybe might've, you know, you know, kind of having a second set of eyes on, on what you're doing to be able to grab more and be able to have a a nice plan just sort of pop up instantaneously is that is that helpful or is that something that's you know or that that would uh you know uh complement what you're doing and what the the program is seeing with the angles of what can be moved and you know sort of able to interpret that um yes yeah, the second set of eyes is yours is that something that's happening or what is happening or doing uh, after, after not aftercare, but uh, after appointment summaries. Is that is that something that's helping with that to kind of kind of get rid of sort of the busy work, I guess, to be able to have more time to focus on the person themselves? Is that something that's happening, or is that nothing that you want to have anything to do with, or or what? So in my practice, I'm looking at this mental and physical technology, right? So when we jump into, you know, computer technology even more and how that's gonna add 
to my practice? It's a really great question. There's some really great stuff out there, but just collecting data and having more data points isn't always helpful. Sometimes it's just oh. more work to do. And that's not just for me. It's from a lot, for a lot of professions out there. I mean, we're collecting data at like huge, huge rates, like really quick rates. And not all the data is helpful. Not all the data is useful. And some of the data actually is creating more work for us. Such so, as? Yeah, so um, for example, if we look at range of no motion of you know, our neck, that's gonna tell me some things where there's a restriction, but it doesn't tell me if there's a restriction because of the joint or the muscle or the nerve without some, some more data attached to it. So if you just give me range of motion measurements without me looking at it and without me asking questions, I'm gonna have to relook at it anyways. So if you take a video of someone doing these motions and you just feed me the numbers, it, it's not going to tell me all the things that I need to know. And then I need to reassess it all over again. So why would I want to use that technology when it, it takes time to look at it and I'm going to have to reassess it all over again? Right. Yeah. And so, so that's not really helpful. So I'm actually working with some different companies right now, um, some different startups that are trying to use the technology to really help my practice and to give me the information that's going to decrease the workload and help me provide the best care for my patients while preserving that human connection in right. my practice that's so important for me to conserve in this day of age of there's all this technology and it's really separating for us on the level of humanity and to yeah. preserve those human connections in my practice is super important and how can I actually use the data to really help me and not just give me more work right and I think people uh patients a lot of the time look more at, at it as separating the two and um rather than you know that it's like oh this is just you know you said not not human like and it's something where they they should be looking at it in a different way but then it's having to be able to bridge that gap and be able to explain to them that this is beneficial and it's going to be helping out and making your job so you can pivot and be able to work with them in a more streamlined way to be able to help them more than you could right now when you're not you know if you're only you know if 100% of their work if 20% of it is paperwork and you can cut that down to you know 10 or so and then be able to use that 10% more to be able to help someone get better. I mean, I, I just, I think it's going to take a little bit of time, but much like with the pandemic and everyone, everyone was so afraid of Zoom. I got, I got on Zoom in 2019 when I moved to Minnesota because I thought I'd be snowed in for six months out of the year and office space was crazy expensive. And I was working with some people who didn't like leaving their house. So uh, Zoom became a thing, but 
a lot of people were very intimidated by using Zoom and not thinking they'd be getting the same level of care. But then the pandemic hit and it became totally acceptable and everyone saw how it's pretty much the same as, you know, in real life. Uh, and I think it's just gonna take a little bit of time for people to adjust and realize that it's stuff that's there to help them and make your experience and their experience more importantly, more enjoyable and beneficial. Yeah, so how can we use our technology in our favor? And like I said, preserve the human connection that, that we do crave in life. Yeah. And so then uh, how are people gonna find you on the internet or anywhere in the world or um, how, are they, how are they gonna find you, contact you? Everything of that nature. Yeah, you can you can find me on my website. I'll give you the short link. It's bit forward slash ly. I'm sorry, I messed that up. Let me say that again. It's bit.ly forward slash capital B, capital L, and then athlete in lowercase letters, A T H L E T E. Okay. And yeah, I'll put that in the um in the show notes here. So you can, if you want to remember that, uh, whoever's listening. You can also then, find yeah. me on Instagram at D-R-L-A-U-R-E-L-P-T. Okay, easy. Yeah. Perfect. Okay, well, hey, uh, Dr. Laurel, it was great getting to meet you, talk with you and learn about the other side of physical therapy other than being the patient. It's good to have as the doctor's point of view and how things are going and having a different approach. Yeah, thanks, Rusty. Can I leave your yeah. listeners with a, a few few points before we leave? You have six if you'd like them. Uh, normally I, I give out one, but I'm gonna give you six. You can do three, but you have up to six. <laughs> okay, awesome. So the, the first thing is be your own healthcare advocate. Number two is use your medical professionals as a team and grow a strong team that's going to support you. And the third thing is sometimes you do have to invest in your health. That's going to get more, more benefits much more quickly. And it's going to prevent you from wasting a lot of time and money on healthcare that's not reaching your ultimate goal of helping you with, with your health. And the last thing is you have one life to live. So live it healthy and well and happy. I think that's important too. Yeah. I mean, you gotta, that's it. You just have to, you have the chance to enjoy it. So yeah, be there and be in the right place. And so, exactly. yeah. So yeah. Thank you so much, everyone. Check out Dr. Laurel and yeah, have a good uh, rest of your day and Thanks for being up early this morning. And yeah, ready thanks, to go. Rusty. Yeah, yep. thank right. you. You bet. Talk to you later. All right. That's Dr. Laurel Mines. Uh, check her out. You don't have to go into the office now to get help. You can just be right here, right here, right now. You know, like the beginning of the show. Right here, right now. Special guest, Dr. Laurel Mines. So, Thank you, everyone, for listening. Like, share, subscribe. Pass it around. Hit the little ding bell on the YouTube or the Rumble. or You can listen anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can find this anywhere. 
you watch it on YouTube or Rumble, I, I'll have links, I assume, on there. But you can just type in the Public Access Podcast or Rusty Diamond. And you might get some there's other Rusty Diamonds in there, but they kind of, I don't know if they suck or not, but they're just not as cool as I am, I assume. Maybe they are, and I'll have them on. One day I might just have an all Rusty Diamond show and just find all the Rusty Diamonds on. Oh, my God, I'm going to do this. I'm going to find all the Rusty Diamonds and start booking them on this show and say, hey, have you had this name since before 2010? And we'll see. So thank you, everyone, for listening here on the Quantum Global Broadcasting Network, QGBN, with other shows such as When the Gloves Come Off, the Thinking Man's Pro Wrestling Podcast. This is it with Lizzie and Saved by the Ben, brought to you by Stonery's Productions, Red Ben Sandwiches Buck, Hardcore Comedy, Hypnosis is Great, and SockEmUp.org. And that is the show, man. Boom. It's Rusty Diamond, motherfucker. It's Rusty Diamond, motherfucker. Ernest! 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 <coughs> yes, Pee-wee. You brought the snacks, right?